Christ has come. Christ is coming. Christ will come again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Uh, Happy New Year. And so far as today, we begin uh, a new temporal cycle. It's the first day of the new Christian year, and we begin the Christian year with Advent. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. We could just stop right there. If we were to drink deep of that reality, if our actions were to represent that we truly believe that Jesus Christ is coming, our lives would be fundamentally different. As sure as I'm standing here, as sure as you're sitting there, the Lord will arrive. The word Advent means coming or arrival. So this season is a time of preparation and consecration in hopeful anticipation of his arrival. A time of preparation and consecration in hopeful anticipation of his arrival. One, his arrival on Christmas. His arrival in the Christian year in which we will celebrate Jesus' birth and contemplate the mystery of the Incarnation. Two, his arrival in our hearts and lives, his arrival in the life of the church Supremely, his arrival on the altar in the Holy Eucharist. For our Lord comes to us, gives himself to us in the Blessed Sacrament. Third, his arrival at the end of the age. For as we confess Sunday by Sunday in the Nicene Creed, as we just heard our Lord bear witness in the gospel, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. The Lord is coming in various and sundry ways, and we need to be prepared. This is a fundamental spiritual principle that we have to prepare to meet the Lord, to encounter him, to meet him in the liturgical sacramental life of the church, and to meet him at the end of our lives or the end of the age, whichever comes first. And that we need to be prepared to encounter the King of kings and Lord of lords, this should not surprise us. In fact, it would be absurd to think otherwise. Because we do this intuitively. We do this intuitively when we're going to meet a person of any significance whatsoever, we prepare. When we're approaching an important event, we prepare. I mean, if you were going to meet with the CEO of your company or the top person at a place that you'd like to work, maybe you're going for a job interview, 
I, I bet I'd make, I bet, knowing you all, that you would make sure that you're ready. You would think of what you're going to say. You'd probably have some questions prepared. As many of you know, we often play the question game at the Ainsley dinner table. Recently, we considered this question. If you could have dinner with any living person, who would you choose? I'm not going to tell you who I said, and I'm not kidding about that, Casey, if you remember who I said. You probably don't. (laughs) All right, so we're going to play right now. Get that person in your head. Give you a few seconds. I bet if you got that opportunity, you would think of things to talk about beforehand. You would have some questions ready to ask him or her. I bet you'd probably dress up. How much more ought we to be prepared to meet and encounter Almighty God? If you're married, well, everyone in here is married. Okay, think about your wedding. The months leading up, all the preparation. Guys, did you shave your neckline the morning of your wedding? Girls, I, I bet you had your hair done. Bet everyone, you know, tried to get in their best shape. You know, engagement is a sort of advent. Or at least it should be. This period of preparation Not just for the wedding, but for the marriage. Not just for getting married, but being married. So what of the heavenly reality to which marriage points? So we prepare for the sacramental symbol. But do we prepare for the reality to which that sacrament points and unveils? How much more ought we to prepare for the wedding supper of the Lamb, for the marriage of heaven and earth? For our conquering King to come and rescue and dwell in the midst of his people. Like that bell, Advent is a season of alert. It's a clarion call to wake up and be ready because our Savior draweth nigh. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12 say this, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Sound familiar? You just heard that in the collect. Where do the collects come from? They come from the Bible. Our Lord's arrival in the Christian year is at hand. Christmas is three weeks from tomorrow. This is a short Advent. The fourth week of Advent is one day. It's actually like nine hours, because once we get to the Christmas Eve service, it's Christmas. (laughs) 
And as it pertains to the birth of our Lord, to his incarnation, in Advent, we're being called to greater participation in the life of our Lord. Christmas is not about merely remembering that Christ was born, but participating more fully in the mystery of the incarnation. That is, reaping the benefits of having actually been there in Bethlehem because mystically in the life of the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are there. Advent's an opportunity that as Christ grew in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that faith would grow in our hearts so that Christ can be born in our midst and in our hearts afresh on Christmas Day. An alarm is sounding not to settle for a normal Christian life, but to enter into more fully the very life of our Lord. His arrival in the manger draws near. And his arrival on the altar draws near. In the life of the church, the Lord is ever arriving. What does Christ say? What does our Lord say? Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. And this is supremely so in the most holy sacrament of his body and blood. In every Eucharist, there is an Advent. Actually, elements of the liturgy, they all, all the seasons are there. I mean, read through the liturgy. There's so many prayers of of repentance, of, of preparation, of making ourselves ready to come into the Lord's presence. We ask him for mercy and grace to offer unto him this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving in a manner which is pleasing unto him. We prepare our souls for the Lord Jesus to come to us, into us, in the most holy sacrament. Because in it we receive the body soul and divinity of our Savior. And that's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to enter into flippantly. It wasn't for St. Paul. It wasn't for the church in Corinth. They were playing with the Holy Eucharist. And what did Paul say to them? Many of you have gotten sick and some have fallen asleep. And not taking a nap, like dead. It's a serious thing to encounter the Lord, and he draws near, he draws near in the life of the church, he draws near in the sacrament. Advent is about preparing to celebrate our Lord's arrival in the manger his continual arrival in the life of the church, and his arrival at the end of the age. And we can't neglect that last one. 
And in fact, the readings and the prayers during Advent, especially these first two weeks, will not let us forget about the second coming. It's clear that this season is just as much about preparing for the second coming as it is preparing to celebrate the first. In today's gospel, our Lord says, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Our Lord Jesus Christ has ascended on high. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He gave authority to the apostles and to their successors. Remember, he says in John, as the Father sent me, even so now I am sending you. He's given every man, a woman, his work, he says. So he has given to us. We talked about this a couple weeks ago in the parable of the talents. He has given to us, the church and her members, gifts. He's entrusted us with a vocation. And thanks be to God, he's clothed us with power from on high. And when he, when he returns... When he arrives, we want to be found faithful, alert, sober. We want to be prepared. And we prepare by repentance, by casting off the works of darkness, by laying aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. We prepare by putting on Christ by basking in the light of the one for whom we wait. And we bask in the light in prayer, in the reading and meditation of Scripture, in and through worship and fellowship in sacrament. Our Lord is coming. Our Lord is arriving. And we need to wait and watch and pray. The Lord in today's gospel gives us the image of a man standing guard on watch. And brothers and sisters, until the dawn breaks, we need to keep watch in the night. We need to be on the lookout for the world, the flesh, and the devil. St. Peter writes, he takes up this language of, of watching and praying, of being alert, of standing guard at the gate. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist? He resists steadfast in the faith. We need to be on guard. We need to guard our hearts and our minds. We need to be aware of the feelings, of the thoughts that can lead us away from the things of God. Advent is a season of waiting. 
but it's an active waiting. It's like being on watch. And the activity during the waiting is prayer. And the content of the prayer is Maranatha, which means, O Lord, come. This, then, is a season of repentance, preparation, anticipation, but also invocation. We are calling upon God to act, to show up, to arrive. And we do this with fear and trembling, but no less with hopeful and joyful anticipation. We cry out, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We heard in Isaiah such petition, such invocation. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down. We're asking the Lord to show up, to change us, to transform us, to redeem us, to save us. And if we are in Christ, and if we are awake, walking in the light rather than the darkness, then our greatest joy is the arrival of our Lord. Then God with us, Emmanuel, is truly good news. Then the reckoning, the putting the world to right that comes with his arrival will be for us reward rather than punishment. For those of us who are of the day, we long for the Lord's arrival. That's why even in a midst A season marked by penitence, marked by repentance. There is this restrained joy. There's this excitement. Because we, as his children, we want the Lord to show up. Make no mistake. It can be scary when the Lord shows up. If the Lord were to show up right here, right now, in the way that he showed up in the mount, on Mount Tabor at the Transfiguration. If he showed up right here, right now, how he showed up to the Apostle John at the beginning of the book of Revelation. We would do what they did. We would fall on our faces as the dead. There would be fear and trembling and awe and dread. but love and joy. It would be scary, but it would be good. Our Lord would put his hand on our shoulder and say, fear not. The Lord Jesus is not to be trifled with, but the Lord Jesus is good. He loves us. What else could he 
do to show that or prove that? He gave us his life. He's brought us human beings in and through himself into union and relationship with Almighty God. The final verses of the book of Revelation, we'll end with this. The last two verses of the Bible are Adventy. They're about Advent. I mean, the whole book is about Advent, namely <laughs> the, the second coming. But these last verses really capture the spirit of this season. Jesus says that he's coming and that he's coming quickly, to which the apostle John responds. He responds by invoking the Lord's coming and blessing the church, blessing those who await his coming. Here it is. We'll end with this. Revelation chapter 22, verses 20 and 21. He which testifieth these things saith, this is our Lord, surely I come quickly. And here is John's response. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.